Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome along to the Rangers Rabble Academy Review, um, although I've titled that Academy Reaction for, for, uh, for tonight. Um, we're going to go over the um, Rangers B Broomhill game from last night, which both myself and William um, were at. Um, take a wee look at the game itself, some individual players, talk about the, the kind of schedule that the B teams had during this World Cup, and we'll look ahead um, to the next couple of fixtures. Firstly, uh, William, hello, how are you? Been a while? It has been, mate. I we've been quite busy with loads of other things, so we've not actually had an academy podcast for a while, so it's good to be back. It is, it is, and it was, I must say, it was It was good to be at a game last night because it was nice and warm. <laughs> Aye, it definitely wasn't that. Uh, really, I honestly was. Although we do have to give a big shout out to Ross for heart and hand to graciously yes. give us two cups of tea. Even though I don't think they were actually for us, but nevertheless, we took them since we were free. Yes, I love a good free um, cup of tea, uh, I will say. And he made, them, he made them perfect, which was lovely. Yeah, and <clears throat> I, I did say um, to him that, you know, if, if David Edgar's paying for it, you know, you might as well keep buying his teas and coffees, you know. But there yeah. you go. Um, <clears throat> so, William, before we jump into, obviously, the game last night, um, and I must admit, on that game, there was there was quite a few changes, but we'll get into. Um, but it didn't affect the boys at all. One of the best performances I think I've seen from since I started following um, the B team. But before we get into that, what's the schedule been like for the academies in general? Obviously, since the first team have stopped, since the, the top league stopped for the World Cup. Yeah, there's not really been a huge amount, to be honest. Um, even in November, we haven't actually played that many games in the month at all. Uh, it's been a pretty quiet period. We've played against Trinent in an away game, which was a very difficult game. I thought I thought they were actually a lot better than what I anticipated them being. I think at the start of the year, I'd spoke about 
open goal in East Colbride. And I still think they are two good teams when they're at it. But I was very impressed with Trenent. They had some really good players. They were very physical. Um, there are a couple of guys that have obviously played in the league, which which kind of helps. Um, and on the day, I thought we deserved a draw. We might have kind of stole that one with the last-minute penalty with Zach, but a draw was probably a fair result against what, as I said earlier, was a very impressive Trinent team, especially the first 20 minutes where I thought we might have got a bit of a smashing, to be honest, because we were really struggling to get into the game there. Do you know what uh, I have to... <clears throat> Sorry, well, on you go, on you go. No, I was just going to say, you know, basically after that, we had a bit of a kind of stagnant period, but we didn't really do very much. Um, we've only really played, I think, one other game since then, and that was the Bone S game. So, yeah, it's not really been a huge amount of football overall, and I, I think it's just, it's been a good opportunity in the lower league for that. Obviously, we played the cup game, as most people will be aware, against Hamilton Ackies, and in all honesty, we didn't really lay too many gloves on Hamilton, which was a bit of a disappointment. I think I think that was a chance for us to upset a championship team, but we just didn't show up on the night. And that's it's yet again maybe just the kind of inconsistency of some young players that you know we're not finding that consistent level. Um but fair play to Hamilton. I thought they played some good stuff, they scored some decent goals. I think we'll be disappointed with some of the defending. But look, for the boys this year, they're sitting top of the Lowland League by five points. They've got a game in hand, you know, like on the next team below them. So, yeah, look, it's hard to be too critical of the boys, but certainly the Hamilton game is a bit disappointing because I actually thought we'd a chance of getting through, if I'm totally honest. And this uh, Rangers B team have done well in Cups um, as well. Yeah, yeah look, I think I think the disappointment came because, you know, it wasn't probably the strongest Hamilton team. It probably wasn't their first choice 11. They obviously had made some changes. And I felt we had a chance, but as I say, we just we didn't really take any of the chances that we created, and you know the opportunities that we gave them, they took. And I think, from our point of view, it's an opportunity missed, you know, because I do think that, you know, we could have certainly put in more of a, I suppose, efforts not the right word, but it's more of a challenge against mm-hmm. Hamilton because I do think we were capable of getting a result out of that game. In the end, you know, the three nothing result doesn't lie. You know, they won comfortably. Um, but yeah, that was probably the only disappointment for me. I think the boys played really well in Trinian after the first 20 minutes. We played some really good stuff against Bones um in the 4 1 win. And we also had a had a bounce game against Queen's Park, which ended one one, which was good for for some players who maybe hadn't been playing as much recently as they would have liked. Now we've spoke to Craig Mulholland quite a few occasions and you know Craig always likes to emphasize the point that you know at academy level under 18s under 16s B team it's the main aim which sounds weird right to us who majority of us follow the first team but the main aim isn't always about winning it's obviously about you know progressing the boys making them better etc etc the, the main aim isn't always winning um but this Rangers B team this season have, I think you would agree, especially in the league, been outstanding. Playing against some very, very good teams, um, by the way. And I'm not like you. I didn't see anything from Broomhill last night that made me think that they were a decent team. I thought they were very, very poor. But we'll come to that. We will come to that. But you mentioned that they are the league table. How surprised are you 
that after you know 18 games for most, but after 17 games for this Rangers B team, that they are sitting four points clear and that they are, for me anyway, Wally, more than competing. They they it's not just in games that they're getting scrappy wins. Yeah. Most of the games that I've seen that we've won, we have been by far the better team. Yeah, look, I think, and I think it's a fair criticism to a point. I think we're still conceding too many goals. <laughs> you know, I think that's, I'm just checking the stats here, that's 27 goals lost in 17 league games. So it's probably a wee bit higher than where we would like. However, when you look at the stats, we've scored 54 goals in 17 games. So we're averaging more than three goals a game. So the thing is, like, so I can we keep that up over the season? That's the thing. I think we also need to stop conceding. Like even like last night, you know, the two goals are goals that are defendable. You know, the ball in, don't get me wrong, like awesome. You look at the size of Broomhall, they've got some big boys in there, yeah, you know, yeah. like guys that are going to win a lot of headers and stuff. However, we should probably deal with the first one a little bit better. The second one, it looked oh. like it was a shot from distance that sort of deceived Lewis Budanowski. I think in the mm-hmm. game, we maybe thought that it took a little deflection, but. You know, when I it looked was, at it, back, it was straight at him, boy. It, yeah, like it looked like the ball moved and he just didn't read it. Mm-hmm. And so instead of like the ball going straight towards Lewis, it's kind of curved away. But look, there's no excuse. I mean, a goalkeeper at that level should be saving it. Um, and I think it's just wee things like that that we need to cut out of our game. You know, if you could keep more clean sheets and one, maybe 2 0, I would be just as happy. But don't get me wrong, 1 in 5 2 is great. It's great to see the boys playing well. Only two defeats so far this season. It shows how consistent they have been in the Lowland League. Um, but there's certainly been some games that we've not played well, but we've found a way of winning. I think like the Hearts B game that we were at. Yeah, yeah. Probably slightly fortunate that day to pick up the three points. But we found a way of winning. And I think this is what you're talking about earlier, like the winning mentality, but also like sort of developing players. Mm-hmm. So like the Zed Jacobs interview is interesting that he obviously talks a lot about developing. It's not just the winning. But at the end of the day, and or any of the guys in the comments, if you want to kind of drop any notes, we'll try and answer any questions. Being at Rangers, you still need to win. And I think and I think that's the fine line between development and winning. You know, if Rangers going to win the Lowland League this year, is it going to mean anything? Well, no, because we don't get the trophy or anything like that. But We'd be top of the league, so we show that we were the best team over the season. Yeah, and it we show that the boys in the group are <clears> better at lower league level, and it might mean that some of those guys then step out and go out and loan next season, and that's like the true benefit. And like last night, you like Bailey Rice, who's only sixteen, and obviously you get young Finley Curtis who come on for his debut at sixteen. You know, playing in the lower league, that's great for those kids. You know, they're going to get better by playing against men on a more regular basis, obviously, when they get that type of opportunity. Right. <clears throat> There's a question from Curry that I don't want you to answer the now because it's, it's actually a, a more long-winded answer Yeah, yeah. Than just, than just a simple, they were poor, we were good. Um, but you also know about the performance overall. Was it poor yeah. or were they just not good against us? I'm going to come to that, Curry. Um just something Willie mentioned there, and I'm going to get this question out before I forget, because as usual, Willie, I can't find my pen you know, <laughs> to jot down my notes. You, you talked there about if Rangers B finished top of the league. Um, obviously, we can't get promoted, etc. Um, and so maybe some of these players 
they have proved that they are maybe good enough to play at a higher level. How big would it be for all the Colts sides if this Rangers B team could finish top of that league? Because does that then maybe say to the SPFL, these Colts teams can play in League 2, League 1 championship? You know, it's one of these debates. Obviously, the guys that kind of go to the games for myself, you know, guys like kind of Peter and Gordon and stuff like that, we always chat at the games and we talk about what would winning the Lowland League mean? And I just don't see people changing like their mindset on it. I mean, unfortunately, I get to see the guy Mick Kennedy for Darvo, who always spouts up saying it would be terrible if the B team like sort of won the Lowland League. I don't really see why that's the reason, to be honest. I don't really see why that's such a big thing that, you know, Rangers B1 in the Lowland League would be a travesty. You know, I don't get that whatsoever. Surely it just shows that the talent in that Rangers squad is good enough to compete with men in the Lowland League. So, yeah, I don't really kind of go with that same kind of thought process that he has. For me, if Rangers were to win the league, it just shows that the quality that Rangers have is good enough to be playing against League 1 and League 2 opposition. Whether that's enough for that to ever be voted in, I don't see it. I just think Rangers are fighting a losing battle on that front. I don't think, you know, so people have got this mindset that Rangers themselves should try to come in and bully things and all the rest of it. Hearts have come into the league this year. It sounds like next year we might see even more change. I think one of the things that was kind of spoken about recently was that they were talking about like a three-tier system where you would have the Highland League, the Lowland League, and then a Central League. Mm -hmm. So depending on where you are, you know, you could maybe have a B team in the Lowland League, another B team in the Highland League, and then some B teams in the Central League. And it might mean that some teams would then move up as well to compete in this. So that would be interesting. Um, And also the other debate Hmm. is, would... Would Rangers get a better test against teams like Pollock? Would Rangers get a better test against Darvo? Albert, you know, mm-hmm. these teams. This is this is where we need to find that balance, I think. Um, and I know Derek, obviously McMullen, when we've had him on the pod a few times, he's obviously, you know, sort of ingrained in that level of football. He, you know, he probably knows it better than any of us. He was kind of saying at the start, he thought we would have been better dropping down another level and playing against that level because we might come up against better standard players of what we have at times in the lower league. So maybe it's a debate that we could have with, with somebody from, you know, that part, and we could mm-hmm. look at it and say, well, would that be something that you guys would be interested in seeing, I don't know, say like a St. Martin reserve team, a Mullable reserve team, a Rangers reserve team in that level competing? You know, so you're, this- you're, but you're, so you're kind of then bringing back reserve team football without bringing back the reserve league? Yeah, basically, I think I think it's because you would have you wouldn't be playing against the same teams all the time, and I think mm-hmm. this has been the problem with the reserve league. It, it becomes a bit I don't think boring's the right word, but the boys all know each other so well. Whereas, like, sort of playing in the lower league, like season upon season, there's always different players in every team. Mm-hmm. So, like, sort of you'll up against somebody you've not come up against before, and then there's guys that will drop out of maybe academies at Kilmarnock and Mullerwell. You know, there's obviously boys from Rangers that play in the Lowland League who have left and they're still doing well. Like Zach Butterworth, I believe, obviously scored against Celtic B recently. He obviously plays in the Lowland League. We've got other guys who have obviously dropped down to that level. So it's an interesting debate and I think it's one that's never going to stop, you know, like people discussing it because at the end of the day, a lot of people just don't like the thought of Rangers or Celtic having a, having a B team in the league. And I don't think that mentality will ever change, unfortunately. 
I know, because it's not as if they do it in any other leagues with the big teams, is it? Uh, you know, no. um, couple, there's a couple of quick couples, a point and a question. I told you it was going to be busy. I told you that. Um, <clears throat> I want to come to Chris Zorro, um, who right. thinks that we would be 10 goals better off if Budenowskis wasn't in goals. Now, I don't agree with that, and I'll explain why in a minute. Yeah. But before we come to that, William, the trying Scotsman, if the B team win the league, do they get any form of recognition? I don't think they're awarded anything at all. It would just be that Rangers would win the league. I mean, like my understanding is the team in second would then play, you know, the winners of the Highland League. And that would basically be how it was. So at the moment, was it Stirling Uni that's second? Yeah, so, University of Stirling, yeah. Would they get, yeah, would they get a trophy? I don't believe so. I don't I don't think there's like anything at all if Rangers would have won the league. Um but it would be interesting come the end of the season because maybe that would have to change. I mean, mm. I, I don't think there was ever a thought process that Rangers or Celtic would win the league. And there is still a long way to go. We have to say oh, of that. Of course, they're basically only halfway through the season in reality. Yeah. Like, you know, there's still a lot, a lot, a lot of football to be played. And obviously, second half of the season, you can pick up injuries or something we'll obviously touch on as well, which some of the guys I noticed have, have obviously spoken about in the comments. You know, like so Zach Lovelace can move up to the first team. Yeah. You know, yeah. we might not see Alex Lowry again for the rest of the season in the B team. Mm-hmm. You know, we might not see Adam Devine again. He might take a like to Robbie Ewer and Robbie Ewer disappears with the B team. Do you know? So there's so many things that can affect the start of 11. But, and this but, is again. but again, though, William, that is what the B team's for. Yes, it is. It is. But selfishly, from my point of view, I want to see the boys win the league. Do you know? Because from a kind of sick point of view, I know it would annoy a lot of people seeing Rangers win it. <laughs> so, if it upsets people like Mick Kennedy at Darville, and I'll keep picking him out because his attitude towards B teams, in my opinion, is shocking. And I mm-hmm. can't understand why he's so bitter about it. You know, he went into Darville, he's pumped all his money into Darville, along with some other people. You know, they went to Trinan, I think, thinking they could just go and sort of turn up against Trinan and beat them, and they get beat. You know, it's like that mentality that he's got or the criticism mm. that he's got of B-teams is poor. That's obviously his choice. Is that the guy that owns Black Rooster, William? I, yeah, I think so. Is that, is, that the same, think, is that the same Black Rooster that have got outlets within Ibrook Stadium? I think so. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, he's quite outspoken when it comes to the B-teams, you know, and I, and I don't really see why it's a problem on his front. You know, he's got his own concerns at Darvo. So why feel the need to be critical? Because I noticed he'd posted the other night there when it, it was like an update of the standings in the league. And he was basically saying that that would be a travesty kind of thing that if Rangers B won the league. Well, maybe he should just keep his opinions to himself. Um, well, I think he's just a, like I, I think he's just the type of guy that he won't, you know. And look, I respect people who have other opinions, but I don't really see what his actual real problem is with the B team. See if he came out and actually explained what his problem was and why he thinks that young players shouldn't be allowed to develop, then that's fine. But to come out and just have a pop, I just don't like that kind of mentality. I don't see what the problem is by allowing 16, 17, 18 year old boys the opportunity of playing in the Lowland League. You know what? Especially if it's not affecting other teams from promotion because we can't get promoted. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's bringing it's, extra finances into the Lowland League as well. Yeah, like it's basically just a better challenge than what we've had. I think the club looked at it, and I think obviously the first season that we did it, which was obviously last season, there wasn't enough teams to basically have a reserve league. 
So the opportunity for Rangers and Celtic to go and play in the Lowland League came up. Rangers and Celtic obviously paid a fee to get into the league. That was obviously dispersed amongst all of the clubs, etc. And Rangers and Celtic probably benefited a lot from, you know, the game time last year. You know, it obviously helped guys like Leon. You know, it helped guys like Alex who got to play 20, 30 games last year. Mm-hmm. Some people would argue that they should have been out and loan at a higher level. Same with guys like Kyle McClellan. They could have been out and played League One. But at the end of the day, you know, Ringer said these players are under control. You know, they could help their development by staying in the building. Since then, Leon's going on to play in the first team to play in the Champions League. Alex has obviously played in the first team, etc. He's been in the bench in the Champions League. Come on. Yeah. All of these things. So, you know, the B team, like, it helps us, but it doesn't stop us loaning players out as well. And I think that's been the good thing for it. Uh, uh, Bud, excuse me, I'm not feeling great. Uh, Lewis Budanowskis, um, I think that was an unfair comment, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Um, on the obviously, I've not been to as many games as yourself, William. Um, so maybe you're actually in a better position to comment than me. Um, but on the games that I've been to this season, I think Lewis Ingle has been outstanding. I think he's upped his level. Whether that level, obviously, is good enough to go into the first team is a, is a totally different debate. But just purely for this season, um, there has been times where Lewis has gained us points, has saved us from, from dropping points. Yeah, look, Buds have quite a few good games this year, to be honest. Yeah. He also made a really good save last night. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were, I think, like one-on-one, and, and Bud made a really good save. I think, I think the thing is, when you look at that, type of goal that Bud lost, it's a hugely disappointing goal for him to lose. I'm sure he'll be the first after the game to apologise. I'm sure like, the goalkeeping coach will talk to him about it. Um, and I think that's just something that you have to accept for like, a young goalkeeper. You know, like Jay Hogarth's also out in loan at Alloa. You know, he's going to gain experience. He's been making mistakes, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, like Robbie McCrory had to do the same thing. Obviously, Kieran Wright's been out and played and made mistakes. Young goalkeepers will make mistakes. You know, Al McGregor probably made mistakes before he broke into Rangers' first team when he was 24, 25. And that's the <coughs> a goalkeeper. You know, you're never... You know, you can play well for, for 89 minutes and then you can have a, like, a calamity Jane moment. Because even a goalkeeper makes a mistake, 99 times out of 100, the ball ends up in the back of the net. Well, how, how, many, people, how many people remember uh, Alan's performances for Dunfermline? Probably know that many. <laughs> you know, because it's nearly 15 years later. Um, and that's the thing. Look, football is very short-sighted in that like, people remember the last mistake that somebody made, and that's how it is. But yeah, again, like, I respect the fact that people have got an opinion. Maybe people think that Jacob Pizikas would be a better choice. Maybe some people think that maybe Jay should have stayed and played in the lower league. However, he's got to play in League One with Aloha. So mm-hmm. it's all about striking a balance where players are playing and developing while, like, as I said earlier, somebody like Jay can go out and play in League One. So by obviously keeping Bud and having Jacob move up to the 18s, that allows Jay to go out and it allows Bud to play in the Lowland League all season. Would there, be, would there be anything to be said, Willie, for letting Robbie McCrory come back into the B team? Well, he'd be too old. No, of course. Well, he wouldn't be allowed to play. But I think one of the things we've spoken about as well, when the club have had some bounce games, they've not even used Robbie or Kieran, mm-hmm. which has been a bit of a surprise. I mean, yet again, maybe goalkeepers are different and that they could and that they don't need to play for a while, but they can still come in and perform. But I'm surprised we maybe haven't seen maybe a few more bounce games where guys like Robbie and Kieran have played. 
mm-hmm. just purely to give them 60 minutes, 90 minutes of action. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a strange one, Robbie, but we're here talking about the youths, and Robbie now is certainly no longer a youth. Um, Martin, have you switched rooms again? No, I've just moved my computer back to its original place because I was having far too many internet problems, just literally in that corner. Um, plenty of questions coming in. Keep your questions coming in. I won't be able to answer them, but Wally will. So keep them coming in. So last night, William, a 5-2 win over... And look, open goal, Broomhill. From here on out, I will just say Broomhill. All right, okay. Because, because to me, the open goal thing just sounds ridiculous, right? So I'm just going to um, call them Broomhill. I, I I watched the first episode, I think, of Broomhill's documentary. Yeah. Um, but I say, I watched about 20 minutes here. Um, and, and I thought, like, you know, listening to Sai Ferry, he, he sounds the part. He sounds as if he knows what he's talking about. He sounds like he would be a good coach. Um, so I was expecting a lot more. Um, and, I, and listen, I'm not taking away from the Rangers' performance, which we will touch on. And, and I think there's, there's there's one or two really good reasons why that was a really excellent performance when you look at the players who weren't in the squad. Yeah. Um, but I was expecting a lot more for Broomhill. Yeah, look, I think they've been quite like, inconsistent this year. They've had some decent results in games. I think the one that really shocked me most was the defeat to Celtic B. Because Celtic have been quite inconsistent yet again in the league this year. So when they went, and I think, I think it was like 6-2 they beat Broomhill. So that was a real surprise. I, I genuinely didn't see that kind of result happening. Especially when you look at, like, obviously the experience that they've got back there with guys like Alan Cook, with, like, Kurt Broadfoot, uh, Gary Fraser. I mean, they've got enough experience in that team that they probably shouldn't really be losing games like that. Do you know? But, I mean, last night showed you, again, I think, obviously, you touched on it very, very, very early on in the game. I think within about five minutes, you said, you know, this Broomhill team don't like they've got any pace at the back. And they didn't. I mean, <laughs> I think Ross actually tweeted about it during the game for love, saying that Big Cup Broadfoot was running on quicksand whenever he was chasing one of our lads. And it did look like that. And Wella... But it was, the whole team. it was the whole team, Molly. It was the whole Broomhill team. Every single time they got turned... And look, they're playing against young boys, right? So you expect the younger boys, especially at a club like Rangers, to be more athletic, maybe be quicker. But genuinely, and and I, and I mean this with the, I don't really mean it with much respect, but you know what I mean? They look slower than me, and I'm slow. Yeah, look, I was surprised as to maybe how slow some of the players were. Whether that's just because they only train a couple of nights a week, maybe they're not at the peak fitness as they should be some of these guys but it was quite evident last night that you know, whenever Rangers broke with any kind of pace they looked like they were on quicksand mm-hmm. like they weren't even catching ground on the lads, they were literally going backwards and yeah look I think when you look at somebody like sort of the University of Stirling it's also a lot of young guys and they've obviously got a lot of energy they can get about the pitch well that's why they're second in the league yeah. Do you know, because and maybe that's something that open goal need to look at. Maybe all the experienced players that, that Simon Ferry's brought in haven't necessarily helped the team. And maybe you just need a little bit more legs in that squad to get about the pitch. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing. Like, you look at us last night, like us, Aaron Lyles get paced to burn. I, I really Ross. want to talk about that, boy. Yeah. Obviously, really... Ross has got paced to burn. Obviously, Robbie and Jack, the two fullbacks, have got pace to burn. They'll get forward all day. Um, so I think that's the thing that we've got in abundance. 
the one thing we lack a little bit of is a bit of physicality in some parts of the team. Mm-hmm. But it's hard when you're a, basically an under-19, under-20 team and you come up against somebody like Kurt Broadfoot, who's played in a European final for Rangers, who's played in England, who's played for Rangers, etc., etc. So, yeah, it's it's experience for these young players as well. <clears throat> um, but, like, for me last night, 5-2, we could probably have scored a few more. We, we probably should have. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I'm sure, you know, you obviously spoke to David McCallum after the match, and I'm sure he was delighted. You know, to score five against that open goal team is still is still a good performance. <coughs> My apologies. Um, David McCallum, whenever you speak to David after a game, he's always the same way, win, lose, or draw. Yeah. Um, such a pleasant man to speak to. Although, for some reason, when I'm interv- see when you interview him, he stares you straight in the eye, and you're and you're trying to ask a question, and you're staring in his eyes, and you're going, "What am I talking about?" Um, which is, <laughs> which is, well, well, let's talk about right. What happened to you last night? Let's tell everybody what happened. Uh, I, I was doing so well. Me and Ross, for heart and hand, were doing the, the post match interview, um, and and I asked a couple of brilliant questions. And this, and my last question, which I'm going to touch on a wee bit later on, was straight in there with the Mick Beale. And the question was supposed to be, Rangers have just announced Mick Beale as the new manager. How does that change, you know, your role within the B team? Does it? How is it going to affect the way you train, the way you play? Do you have to change anything? And he gave me a brilliant answer, um, but he did correct me because I didn't say manager. No, no, no. I said first team coach. Um which went down like a lead balloon. Um, but I, I'd like to challenge anybody to interview a manager after the game. It's harder than it looks, by the way. Absolutely. Well, harder it is. I think, you know, you're talking to somebody like David McCallum who's got a massive amount of experience in football. So, you know, David's no slow in correcting you <laughs> if you make a mistake. I mean, I think that's a couple he did, of times. He did put emphasis on manager. Um, I must yeah. admit. But I think the good thing with somebody like David is, and that's why he's a good coach because he doesn't, his manner doesn't change whether it's a win or draw or a defeat. And that's a good thing for the players. So he doesn't get too up after a win. He doesn't get too down after a defeat. He's just that same level all the time. And that's why he's a good coach to have at that level. And it will help the players develop because of that. Yeah. That could only be a good thing. Because um, I think, I think in that documentary with Simon Ferry, when he was actually talking about some of the early games where they lost, he get quite down after the game. See, as a manager or a coach, you just can't think like that. Like, you've always just got to come back in the next day and just do the same things day after day after day. You work on the training pitch and you work on your style and everything mm-hmm. else. So, like, nothing should change. And I think that's where Davey's absolutely brilliant, to be honest. He is. He is. And, Stephen, you're absolutely right. Bottle crashed, absolutely. <laughs> Bottle crashed. Um, <clears throat> to be fair, um, he, he did say after the game, I'll, I'll just jump to it quickly. Then, uh, well, I asked him about Michael Beale coming yep. the new manager. How does that affect um, the B team? Because obviously, in the past, it's been the B team play the same way as the first team, therefore, it's easier to transition the players. Yeah. Um, he said he had a, a good 20 minute chat with Michael. Um, obviously, didn't tell me what that chat involved. Um, and well, the, the B team are basically there to facilitate and help the first team. That was basically his answer to me, which which says to me, William, that, you know, I'm pretty sure Mick, uh, the manager, Michael Beale, um, will attend a few more games 
um, and he'll put his stamp into the B team, if you like. Yeah, look, I mean, it was interesting. Obviously, we got there last night and we seen the team. Obviously, no Zach Lovelace, um, no Adam Devine, no Alex Lowry. Obviously, no Charlie Gann. Yeah. But obviously, we didn't seen the training video where obviously all of the guys had been training with the first team and obviously none of them had obviously dropped back down to play that night. Um, so, like, it sounds like you might be looking at a few more on Saturday. So, it sounds like there could be some more changes to the team on Saturday. You know, you might want to have a look at Robbie Ewer. He maybe mm-hmm. wants to have a look at Robbie Fraser. He maybe wants to have a look at, you know, like even just moving Bailey Rice up just to have a look at some parts. I mean, I think, I think Bailey will probably play on Friday against Aberdeen for the under-18s. But yeah. it might be that at some point over the next week or two, Bailey might move up so the manager can have a look at him. You'll want to have a look at everybody. Mm. And this is why a new manager can bring can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing because he can come in and take some of your best players. And then that changes, like, obviously the whole, like, B-team structure. But then that's what the coaches are there for. That's where the coaches need to bring somebody up for the 18s. And then somebody for the 16s moves into the 18s. And, you know, that's why the structure's there. Mm-hmm. So, it, if anything, it will help the development of the younger players because they'll just move up, move up, move up. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm going to be coughing the whole way through this. I don't know if you can tell by my eyes, but they, they look like... Oh, it's only half six, I can't swear. Um, I promise we'll come to the game in two seconds, but Curry's just put a belt to the question in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, another question for Willie. Um, I know we always ask about the players that are good enough football-wise to get promoted to the first team, but William, is there any that are mature mentally to get to the, the level, um, to get to the first team from the B team? Is there any that are that are uh, smart? No, no smart enough, that's not right, but you know what I mean. Is there any that are mature yeah, enough? Yeah, You'd be like sort of Robbie Ewer stands out in that front, you know. Robbie, I think, has developed a hell of a lot in the last 12 18 months. Robbie Ewer, yeah, and I think he is somebody I rate really, really highly. You know, I just think Robbie's got a lot of quality. I mean, he's sitting on 15 goals this season already. Mm-hmm. We're not even into December, I know that includes like cup and friendly games and stuff like that as well, but sitting on 15 goals. Do you know, he's already played for the first team and scored for the first team. Do you know, he's even come off the bench in that St. Martin game. Obviously, we were trying to get the win. You know, so like Robbie, in my opinion, is there or thereabouts. And that's a good thing for him. Can, I, I, ask, can I ask quickly, just on Robbie? If yeah, you don't mind. Because yeah, yeah. again, I've not got my notepad, so it'll straight out of my head. And, I, and we spoke about this last night, because I know that you're a, obviously you're a big fan of, of Robbie Ewer and, and you see a good future for him. I don't know why, and I can't explain why. Um, I just think, and it sounds crazy because he's scored a lot of goals. He's such a good player. For yeah. me, there just seems to be a slight confidence issue with Robbie, if you understand what I mean. There's there's certain times where when he's got the ball, he just makes the wrong decision or something just doesn't come off from him. They're just, because it's, it's one of those ones, well, I think he can actually, and this isn't a criticism, I think he can do so much more already than what he's doing. Um, I think there's so much more in him. I think, yeah, again, this goes back to, has he been tested enough at lowland league level? Mm-hmm. Would he be better going out on a loan to, say, somebody in League One, where he plays the second half of this season? I don't think he will, by the way, but I'm just putting this out there. If if he was to go to like a League One and play 15 games in League One, score five goals, but his overall play get better and he became confident mm-hmm. more because he's playing at a higher level, being tested against 
better players. So this is maybe one of those things where maybe, I'm not saying it's too easy for Robbie, but the fact he scored 15 goals this season shows you that he's good enough to play at this level. Mm-hmm. And he scored a good amount of goals last year when he was between the A-teams and the B-team, whereas this year he's just he's just with the B-team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is a, I, I, it's, it's really difficult to try and describe what, what I was what I was trying yeah. to say. It's it's just I feel as if there's a player in there already that's that's there and it's just he's he's not showing it. Even though he's been excellent and he deserved his call up to the first team. I it's just one of those ones I think there's there's more there than what he's shown. But I, I, and I certainly don't mean that as a criticism. Yeah. And that's a good point for CGM as well, you know. I think Bailey Rice is going to be a good player. Yeah, look, Bailey at 16 already looks like a really good player. Um, he's just one of those kids. He's just he's already got so much about him. And people will sometimes say it's arrogance. To me, it's just belief in your own ability. And Bailey's got that at such a young age. And, you know, last night, he's playing a little bit higher. Normally, we'll use him as a six, but like last night, he's getting used as an eight or a ten, kind of a wee bit higher mm-hmm. up the pitch. And you see his ability to get into the final third and score goals. And we're talking about somebody, as I say, yeah, again, he's only a kid, 16 years old, you know, like coming up against guys in their 30s, and he's mm-hmm. looking good. And that's the that's the thing for Bailey. He already looks the part. And, you know, Bailey's one of those guys that if he keeps going the way he is, you know, that's definitely something that Michael Beale will take an interest in. 100%. He's, too good, he's too good a player not to have an interest in. Um, I think we've got Graham Brown asking about Paul and CEO. I, I, I don't know if Paul's back from injury yet, Graham. He picked up an injury against Celtic um, in the league game at Celtic's training ground up at Lennox Town. Um, so I don't know what the situation is with Paul. I'll need to try and find out on that one. But he obviously has missed a few games recently, which is obviously disappointing. Um, so hopefully we do have Paul back pretty soon, if not for Friday against Aberdeen. Right, so the game last night, <laughs> 36 minutes in, we'll get to it. Um, the first thing we noticed probably when we, we walked into the, the stadium was the pitch. Um, is that a, is there a slight concern there for you? It was starting to look a bit used. Yeah. I think, look, the problem is, obviously we want to play in a grass pitch. And when it gets to this time of year, obviously this pitch isn't the same as the pitch we have at Ibrooks or whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's got to be a certain expectation that it's maybe not going to hold up perfectly. Um, yeah, there was weak and a small signs last night that it looked like it was starting to churn up a wee bit. And obviously when the frost hits that, that usually ends pretty badly. So hopefully we can get through this period of games where, you know, you're going to have a lot of rain, a lot of frost. You know, obviously last year it turned into a bit of a nightmare, didn't it? There was more sand on the pitch than there was grass, which really hurt us in the second half of last season at times. We just weren't able to play the way we wanted to. Um, I know the club have obviously you know, put a lot of time and effort into that pitch to try and maintain it the best they can, but I do worry that the more games it's going to get played on it, it just might not hold up the whole season. It could. It could be an issue. Um, Curry's asking me to smile, Curry. I don't feel well. I really, really don't feel that well. Um, into the game, <clears throat> well, the first goal, right? Because the game kind of started for the first kind of minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah. Uh, Broomhill went for it. They, they came at us and they went for it. And then as, after that first couple of minutes, it was almost as if a switch just went and we just started to control the game. Now, the first goal, one thing I haven't seen much of 
and that is a right foot cross from Robbie Fraser. Yeah, look, it was an and absolute a cross. It was. Yeah, look, it was a brilliant cross for Robbie. And the one thing I probably didn't expect is to score was a header, mm. just because, like, you see the size of them, like the two centre backs. So for Robbie to pick out that cross, and then for Robbie you to be in that position, he. The movement figure. Oh, yeah, he gets in between the two centre-backs, doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. And he finds that wee bit of space to score. But like a lot of credit goes to Robbie Fraser because like the cross is absolutely top, top drawer. You know, if Pharisees or Tavernier pings that cross into the box, we're probably raving about it. So fair play well, to Robbie It was Fraser. a world day, the fact it was his weak foot. Yeah, and look, I think Robbie's one of our most consistent performers now over the last 18 months for the B team, Robbie Fraser. Mm-hmm. And... I yet again think, you know, you could argue the point that Robbie should have been out on loan this year because he needs to be tested at that next level. But, you know, last night he shows yet again his qualities. He defended really well and obviously he assists in that first goal with an absolutely brilliant cross into the box. And he's also shown, um, Robbie Fraser, that it's not just left-back. He can play in a number of positions. Yeah, look, Robbie, obviously, when I first watched Robbie, he was a central midfield player. Mm-hmm. You know, so like he can easily drop into midfield and, and be very good in there as well. So we're, we're very lucky to have Robbie. And he's also a leader. You know, he's somebody that demands things from other players. And that's a good player to have in your squad, 100%. Yeah. The second goal, you mentioned it, Bailey Rice. It was great build-up play. But then Bailey hits a shot, doesn't rest on his laurels. The goalkeeper saves it and he's the first one in there to tap it home. Yeah, look, I think you'd be disappointed if you're a Broomhill coach or, or or a supporter because you probably think that the defenders should react quickest, but they don't. But, you know, it was a really good strike by Bailey, and, and it was actually a decent save by their goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. But then he's usually like sort of Bailey straight away, you know, he's on his toes, bang, rebound into the back of the net. And by that point, I don't know if it was maybe like eight minutes on the clock, nine minutes on the clock, and I mean, like, Broomhill looked done at that point. Like, Broomhill didn't look like they'd anyway are coming back. I mean, they did eventually fight back, but yeah. at that point, you felt like Rangers could have run riot. Well, the, the, two, the first and second goals were so close together. <coughs> Again, excuse me. Um, the, You were beginning to hang every time we go forward, we're going to score. Yeah. And one of, one of the catalysts for that, for me, was Ross McCausland last night. Um, Ross's pace was devastating um, for Broomhill. We discussed, you know, how slow they looked. And Ross, for me, it can be quite frustrating at times, William, because, I, I, listen, you never want to be too critical, especially our young players, because mm. you can't talk about them in the same way, I suppose, that you can about a first-team player, because um, they're still developing. But Ross shows unbelievable ability, agility, pace, and control with the ball at his feet on certain times. And other times, it's just that final ball from, from, uh, from Ross, sorry, not Robbie. Yeah, look, Ross on his day can be devastating. You know that ridiculous, ridiculous. You know, that pace, the technical ability he's got, his ability to score goals. I mean, the biggest disappointment for Ross this year is I think he's only on seven goals. He's probably mm-hmm. better than that. He's probably he probably should be in double figures. Yeah, because of the chances that he gets himself into, and that's that's something that Ross will need to continue to work on. And also, confidence, over- confidence, William. Do you think sometimes with Ross? No, I don't think so. I think, I think, yeah, again, I, I just worry that in some games at low and league level, some of the guys maybe just think it's too easy. And that's maybe something why over the summer there was talk that Ross might be going out and loan to a Dutch club. Obviously, mm-hmm. he did go and trial. He scored a goal. 
sounds like there was a few other things in amongst that, and that was why the you know the loan move didn't work out. I still think mm. I still think there is one or two players in that squad that need to go out and loan who need mm-hmm. to be tested at a higher level, and maybe that's something that will happen maybe in the second half of the season or next season. Uh, you t- you mentioned that Broomhill got back into the game. Um, it was a free kick, lobbed into the box. Kirk Broadfoot rises, and by the way, is, you actually forget how big Kirk Broadfoot is, especially when playing against. He's, he's a big, big unity of man. He rises above and and nods it on, and Jamie Semple um, finishes it off again, just showing. And I don't really know what David McCallum can do about something like that. Yeah. It's hard to stop somebody like Kurt Broadfoot when you see the size of our team compared to him. Well, that's maybe trying to put somebody in the front of him, in the back of him, and try and sort of cajole him about a little bit to stop him getting that free header. Um, then you could argue that somebody should be picking up Jamie Semple. You know, mm-hmm. it's probably too easy. And that's the type of goal that we've lost this year. And I think it's something that we'll continue to talk about because, as I said earlier, 27 mm-hmm. goals lost in 17 games. It's not great. It's something we probably should be getting a bit better at. Should it not be though? And I don't say I don't mean expected as in you expect to lose that amount of goals, but that physical battle, that that surely when you know David McCallum or whoever and, and the people who made the decision to move into the lowland league, surely that's something that they knew they were going to struggle with was the physicality. Yeah, I mean I think we were very fortunate last year that, that we had Leon and Kyle playing mm-hmm. at centre-back, so we didn't really lose that many physical battles, I mean, you were obviously there that day um, that we went and beat who was it we beat 5-2 again? The team that won the league last year and get promoted oh, My mind's gone blank Aye, well, I mean, that was the day sure they had the big striker up front Yeah, and he had been absolutely battering teams all season uh, Bonnie Rick Rose I Bonnie Rig Rose, and yet Kyle <clears throat> and Leon were outstanding that day. They won every Aye. header, they won every tackle, and I think there was an expectation that they were just going to run over the top of us with their physicality, but it mm-hmm. didn't happen. This season, we don't have that same type of player. I mean, mm-hmm. John Lee is probably the biggest and strongest guy we've got defensively, and then it's probably like sort of Lewis McKinnon. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the two of them started last night and why Connor was in midfield. Yeah. You know, because it gave us a bit more sort of physicality almost in the two centre half positions. Um John John guy, John Lee William just puts a smile on your face, doesn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. I mean, look, the big guy's a character, isn't he? You know, and it's uh, a we've seen we've seen aggression William film last night. Yeah, like it was that point where he started swearing that Kurt Broadfruit, I think it was, wasn't he? Because it was a late tackle and no, see, John Lee wasn't having any of it, and he basically told somebody to shut their effing mouth, I think it was. Um, and then Big Broadfoot started having a wee bit with him, and they were having a bit of a shout. Fair play to John Lee, young down. boy. No, no, no. no, he, didn't no, know no. Back he missed it for backing down. And I, I've met John Lee a couple of times up at the training ground, and he's genuinely one of the happiest guys you'll ever meet in your life. I mean... He loves a high five. He loves a high five. He loves just being happy. He's just one of those happy-go-lucky guys. and. Um, he, some, he sometimes gives me a bit of a kind of heart attack when he does things <clears throat> I don't think he should be doing. But do you know what? He plays a game with a smile on his face and that's what you know you want to see players doing. And, and he's solid because he got the ball rattled off him for about two yards oh. away and he heard it and he didn't even budge. He didn't I know, it was, pretty cold, and it was pretty cold last night, so he might <laughs> have a bruise this morning. 
Uh, I'm very, very conscious of time. Well, so yeah. the third and the fourth goals both scored um, by Aaron Lyle, who was the standout for me last night. And I know Mackenzie Stratton, we'll, we'll touch on him, right? The third goal is a long ball, headed on by Ewer. Lyle goes through and goal. Unbelievable composure. The fourth goal, William, the turn and finish. Outstanding. Yeah, look, the third goal, just quickly, it was a good ball, I think, for Lewis McKinnon. You can see the centre-half was coming towards Robbie Ewer. We are saying to each other, if Robbie gets a touch on this, mm-hmm. then Aaron's gone. And, and Robbie, I think, just get the minimalist touch. It was like, it was a Cristiano Ronaldo moment, you know, boy, just a wee flick off except, the back. Except of Robbie actually touched it. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I just, when Aaron kind of bears down in goal there, his composure was brilliant. You know, he basically kind of watches where the goalkeeper's going, just slides it the opposite way. The fourth goal is just brilliant. Really good link-up play, good movement, good touch, good play overall. And then Aaron just absolutely whips an absolute brilliant strike past the goalkeeper. And yeah, again, that was a quick-fire double yet again. So mm-hmm. the first and the second were quick-fire goals, and then <clears> the fourth and the fourth were quick-fire goals. But yeah, look, I thought Aaron had a really good game last night. He's, he's a constant threat. He's direct. He's quick. And the one thing I've said to you, he's actually quite deceivingly strong, mm-hmm. Aaron. And yeah, I think like at times Aaron does things that you don't imagine players are going to do, but he does it. And I think, you know, he's another one sitting on 10 goals. I mean, you've got Robbie Ewell's on 15. This is just the top seven or eight goal scorers. Robbie Ewell's on 15. Zach Lovelace, 12. Charlie Lindsay, 11. Aaron Leo, 10. Connor Young, 8. Alex Lowry, 7. Ross McCausland, 7. There's a lot of goals in the team. And that's and that's the and that's the exciting thing, but I'm always wanting more. Like I want to see Aaron scoring more. I want to see Ross scoring more because I know they can. But yeah, look, we're certainly exciting going forward. Aaron for me last night was exceptional, and I've seen him. I've seen him a couple of times. Um, but last night for me, William, he was doing things, and he was twisting, he was turning, he was taking players on. He was lovely passing, great goals. He genuinely excited me last night and, and I looked at him and thought, you're somebody that Michael Beale is going to love. Yeah, look, I mean, it's purely just his size, isn't it? That would be your only concern for Aaron, that he's still small. Um, but, you know, like, he's got that directness and pace that defenders just hate playing against. Mm-hmm. Um, I see Curry's asking a question about like the goals that we're losing. Yeah, like, a lot of them have been, like, balls into the box, which is an ongoing problem. I don't know if we go to maybe play three centre-backs, maybe if that helps. Maybe do like a Lundstrom thing where you play a number six that can drop in and help when the ball comes into the box. But yeah, we have lost some poor goals this year from balls into the box. Um, CGM's asking, is Lewis McKinnon related to Cole? No, there's no relation there at all. <laughs> Lewis is from Northern Ireland and Cole's a Scottish lad, so and the spellings are slightly different as well. So no, there's no relation there at all. Uh, it's MC for... McKinnon, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, do you know? I know it's this one of those ones of kind of they've got similar names. The fifth goal, um, again, <coughs> excuse me, we were we were passing through Broomhill with ease. Um, the ball ends up out wide. It's a nice low cross into the box, and Robbie you're there to tap at home. Yeah, I think it was Jack Harkness with the ball across, and Robbie just yet again he's he's in the right place at the right time, isn't he? And he slips at home. 
and I think I think that's probably the only disappointment. You know, after that, we probably never got up to that same level again after the fifth goal. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, at five one, you know, the game's over. But it would have been nice if we just kept that intensity going for the rest of the game. But look, I get it when you're five one up and you feel the game's over. Maybe you just don't keep playing at that same level. Mm-hmm. I know, and obviously we discussed. You know, uh, Broomhill did make it five two. Um, we discussed that long range effort, but should do better. You can't really. These things happen. These happen to goalkeepers at all. Oh, look, look. Um, I mean, <clears throat> simple reality is: see if we'd bud on the podcast tonight, he would put his hands up and say, "Look, it's my error. I should have saved it. It wasn't good enough. Accept it and you move on." Yeah, you know, that's one of those ones. Yeah, look, sort of. You see, at this level, players will make mistakes, <clears throat> and that's why we've lost twenty-seven goals this year because we've made mistakes. You know, and that's the reality of young players learning and developing at this level of the game. I would rather they made mistakes at this level of the game than make them for the first team. So you make the mistake, you don't make it again. You know, it's, it's that simple. It's it's life when you're young. You make mistakes and, and you learn more from mistakes than anything else. So Yeah, yeah well, of course. And, and see, at the end of the day, mate, first team players will make mistakes that we're critical of. We're probably just not as critical of the players as you said earlier on because they're a bit younger and they're developing. But the one thing that all the players need to remember, well, that's the A-teams or the B-team. If you make that mistake, you go back to training to make sure you don't make the same mistake again. Mm -hmm. Because if you make the mistake once, you can put your hand up and say, I got it wrong. If you make the same mistake again, then you're no learning from the mistakes that you've made. Mm -hmm. And that's something that isn't good enough. And that's something that you need to improve on if you want to make it at Rangers, you know. And this is just a constant, constant development phase for players that they need to get better and stronger and they need to learn. And, and like, I think, as like sort of Curry spoke about earlier, it's not just about the physical stuff, it's about the mentality. That you've mm-hmm. got to have the mentality that you're good enough to make it at Rangers. You've got to believe that you should be in the team ahead of John Lundstrom or Alfredo Morelos, or Ryan Ken, or Connor Golson. That should always be your mindset. You're good enough to make that step up and play. But you see, if you don't, there's no point in trying. Do you know what I mean? Like You've got to believe that you are good enough. I, I mean, like, I quite enjoy the mentality when you get the arrogance of young players coming out saying, I'm ready to play. You know, put me in the team, I'll show you. To me, that's the best thing in the world. You know what? He'll either sink or he'll swim. Mm-hmm. See if he swims, then the kids get the mentality to keep going. See if you sink, sometimes you need to take a step back and then come back again. But you know what? We we also we we had a a player say that to us. Now obviously that would remain nameless, but there are there is some of these youth players at Rangers who are confident, who feel that they are ready to make the step. And we're really short on time, so I just want to. Um, emphasise what a good result that was last night, William. No Lovelace, no Lowry, no McCann, no Devine. Um, and it was great to see Zach Lovelace there, by the way, as well at the game. Um, He's a man smile, now, he? Big <laughs> smile on his face. Um, he towers over me. I don't, I'm only five foot eight, right enough, but he towers over me. I know people laughing about that one because obviously Finley Curtis is obviously on the bench for Rangers last night, 16 year old kid. He's like half the size of Zach Lovelace and they're basically yeah. the same age. I mean, like Zach. I mean, Zach's just unbelievable size-wise. One of the guys asking the question there, do you think you see Zach Lovelace the first team on the bill? I do. I really do. 
Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you look at somebody like sort of Kamara Roof, he can't really stay fit for long periods of time. Yeah. So it might just be that Zach Lovelace gets that wee chance off the bench and he might score a goal and then he's part of the first team constantly. Some of the other guys are asking, do you think Bill will take a big interest in the B team? Yeah, I do. Yes. So I, think, yes. I think we will see guys like moving up and down and up and down. I think we will see a bit of movement with players mm. taking to the first team. You know, well, the manager wants to look at everybody. Because I know people will want to see new players coming in, but the manager will want to see what he's got in-house. Well, that's moving some of the guys up for the B team to have a look at them in training to see how good they are compared to what they can bring in. Because the one thing you don't want to do is sign a player and then stunt the growth of somebody who could come into your first team. You know? And this but, is the difficulty. But the, the thing is, William, within uh, the, the manager's first 48 hours at the football club, the one thing he done was he sat down with the B team manager. And then he had a good conversation, and then four of the players for that are training with the first team. So that shows you that Michael Beale's going to be extremely interested. Yeah, look, he's got to know what he's got, as I said earlier. He has to know that if somebody drops out injured, who he can bring in, whether that's Jack Hartness at right back, whether it's Robbie Fazer at left back, whether it's Zach Lovelace up front or Robbie Ewer, whether we get an injury to a couple of wide players, is Ross McCausland good enough to step up? Is Aaron Lyle good enough to step up? And these are the things he's got to look at. If he doesn't think they are, then he's going to go and recruit because mm-hmm. that's what he'll do because he's a manager. Um, can I do agree with Curry? I think it's a fine line between cockiness and arrogance, but you've got to have a wee bit of something about you to think you're good enough to go and play for the first time. believe it. You've got to 100% believe in your own ability. Of course you do. And like, so I think C. James asked the question, do you think Rory Wilson would have stayed if Bill was appointed? I'm not so sure that's no. the case. I think I think Rory's seen the opportunity to go to Villa and he took it. Um, whether that was, you know, because of the standard of the league down there, whether it was a financial package, I don't know. There's obviously more chatter today, as some guys are probably seeing on social media, with Jack Wiley, who's part of the Rangers under-16s at Arsenal and Man United, have been tipped to be looking at him. Basically, there's always scouts at every other game you go to watch. There's always somebody watching, you yeah. know, there's never a Rangers game goes by that there's no somebody watching some of the games. That's you know that's just how it is. I mean, Jack had an exceptional final against Celtic, an exceptional final, as did several other Rangers players. So hopefully the club can get them all tied down and we can see them as part of the B team and the under-18 squad next season. 100%. And we know that the departure of Rory Wilson, although it was gutting at the time because he was such a good prospect, um, opened the doors for a few other things. Um, at the training centre, etc. But we don't, we don't have time, William. We don't have time. No, just a really, no, just a really quick point. Like, so I see for all we lost Rory, and it was disappointing. We basically used that money to bring in Zach Lovelace and Archie Stevens, and so a like, couple of other players. Well. We bring two good players in, and yeah. that's how football works, right? See if we do lose another player in the summer. I would like to think that we'll go and recruit another couple of good players that can come in. Do I enjoy seeing young players leave the club like Dere Mabudi and Rory Wilson? No, I don't. But at the end of the day. The business that we did to get Zach Lovelace and the business we did to get uh, Archie Stevens was really good business. Both are exceptionally talented young footballers who, if they keep progressing, you know, they could end up in the Rangers first team. Who knows? I mean, Zach's already been there. so I, I can't express honestly how good Aaron Lyle was last night. And I don't care who the opposition is. Um, he was outstanding for me. And there was something that I seen in that boy that I thought, yeah, yeah. He's definitely got it. No, um, just, to, just to finish off, if anybody's got any spare time over the festive period or even get into January, if you see a game that you can get to, go and watch the B team. 
And mm-hmm. obviously, have your own opinion on players. You know what? No, everybody's going to agree with me. Most people don't agree with Martin. I mean, that's, is that's how it is. But see, at the end of the day, it's all about opinions. You yeah. know, like, it's just like the first team. Some people rate players. Some people don't. <clears throat> that's football. That's why we love the podcast. That's why we love people having opinions. That's why we love a bit of debate. If we didn't have debate, then football would be boring. So It very much would be. Well, podcast would be boring. Is, I mean, keep coming back to us, keep like sort of giving us your comments. If you want to see us do more regular mm. academy pods, if you want to see us do a QA, we're hoping to try and arrange another interview soon. And um, that's in the works. It's just a constant point. We, are, we are going to try and do not the day after the, the, the bonus game, which is the next game, which I'm going to get you to do me a minute summary in 10 seconds. Um but in the next academy review, we'll talk about the players out on loan because I know a yeah. lot of people were asking, but we don't have time to do that tonight. Um, yeah. But in the next academy review, we will definitely speak about like of Tony West and that at, at Fissel. We'll, we'll speak about all that. Right, William, we've got a minute left. We're playing bonus on Saturday. Tell us about the kickoff times, um, et cetera, et cetera, and what we should expect for the game. 50 seconds. Yeah, look, bonus are a decent team. Um, you know, they're sitting kind of mid-table. I think they're 11th. So they've been a wee bit kind of up and down this season. Kickoff is at 3 p.m. at Newtown Park on Saturday. So get along if you can, even if it's only for a half or 60 minutes, whatever you can. Honestly, what to do, have an opinion. Send anything into Martin. If you want to see something different, i.e. like a loan review, if you want to see like actually like a Q&A, if, like, if you just want to send in loads of questions, we can maybe get somebody on for Rangers to answer some of them. Or we can maybe send the questions into Rangers, get the answers back for you. It's something we can try. I know the club have been happy with interviews we've done with like Zeb Jacobs and Craig Mulholland. I know they're open to more uh, interviews going forward. So anything you guys want, we'll certainly try. Um, and we'll obviously try and kind of feed any information back that you give us to the club. I know some guys would love to see the games on RTV, but I think there's still rules around that. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll certainly ask the question again and find out if any of these games are going to be on RTV. Absolutely. Um, big thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's been a while since we've done one, and I've enjoyed it, so hopefully we'll get one done very soon. Give us a like and a subscribe and all that good stuff um, and, and help us um, on our journey to make the podcast bigger and better. Um, William, as always, mate, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Very much appreciated. Enjoy the Poland-Argentina game if you're going to watch it, because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to my bed. Thank you, everybody, for watching, and we'll speak to you again very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.